Historians like to use the term golden age to refer to a time period of peace and prosperity, advancements and inventions. If you've studied history, you'll know that the Empire of Rome, the dynasties of China have all had periods considered golden ages. Perhaps most famously, the city-state of Athens in Greece experienced a golden age. While it celebrated advances in government and architecture, the dramatic arts, sculpture, literature, but the term is not perfect. As Athens celebrated democracy, it did so for very few people. It left out the poor, the slaves, non-citizens, and women. Some even dispute the idea of a golden age on those grounds, but I think the larger idea of relatively good times is real. In Azeroth, World of Warcraft has had some much-loved periods of the game. Vanilla, Wrath of the Lich King, the Legion expansion. There have been some mixed feedback on the last couple expansions, right? So here's the question for today. With the announcement of three expansions, with the change in ownership at Blizzard, with the exit of hopefully all the bad employees, and with a slate of new features aimed squarely at solo players, is World of Warcraft about to enter a new golden age? Let's talk about it. You have entered the Solo Queue, a monthly podcast about adventuring alone in the world of Warcraft. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dave Gagne. Welcome to Solo Queue, Episode 2. What business have you? Well, we are going to talk today about this idea of a golden age. About what's going right with World of Warcraft. What things are on our horizon. Why we should be excited. We are starting out today in Falcon Wing Square. One of my favorite areas in the game. A place I don't get back to very often. One of my favorite areas in Azeroth, Eversong Woods, the coastlands, that northern tip of the Eastern Kingdoms. This was a place that was very fundamental to my starting uh, playing WoW. My Blood Elf Hunter was not my first character, but was one of my first and was my first Horde character. And amid all of the cries of I can't do that right now, or the target's too far away. I absolutely fell in love with this area. The music is beautiful. Something simple about the quests, about something straightforward. Something that I have missed, I think. As You know, I do level a lot of characters. I mentioned last time that I have many characters, which means they all had to level somewhere. So returning to a place like Eversong Woods and Silvermoon City is not uncommon, but boy, there's something that just took me back. It sounds like in the coming expansions that we are going to be coming back to this long ignored capital city of the Blood Elves. 
Looks like we're going to be headed to Quell Danas in, I believe, in The War Within. I'm trying not to read too much about what's coming. I'm excited for the three expansions, of course, but I'm not, I'm not trying to dive into every little tidbit that's coming out. But it sounds like this area is going to get a much-needed revamp. Heck, this is one of the only places around that you still can't fly at all. Never mind Dragon Ride or Dynamic Fly. This is a place, Silvermoon City, Eversong Woods, needs, needs, some, uh, needs some love, needs some updating. Probably needs some updating to reflect what is going on in the story. I think that's one of the complaints I've heard recently and probably for a long time about Warcraft is that Azeroth being the main character, I've heard that from many places, and, and I think it's true. Azeroth, the world, the zones, the place, really is the main character of the story. But the main character only gets these fits and starts of updates. New islands appear out of nowhere. We quest in them. We, you know, the story progresses. But the place we left behind, they don't reflect the times until somebody comes in, changes it up, cataclysms it, if you will. Uh, without the cataclysm, a lot of places haven't been updated. And frankly, you know, it's, it's time in a lot of places. We're getting that next month. In patch 10.2.5. Reclaiming of Gilneas. Oregon fans celebrate heading back into Gilneas, which everyone has always said, man, what a fantastic capital city this would be if we could ever get in here. Well, sounds like we're going. So today on the show, I want to talk about what is coming, what is good, why we should be excited. We're going to come at that from a few different angles over the course of the show. And let's start with the news. You bring news? What news from the mainland? Have you any news? Do we have news? Boy, for a monthly show, I'm not planning on doing a lot of cutting-edge news, but this week, on Tuesday, on Reset Day, Holly Longdale, executive producer, released the 2024 roadmap last year. Blizzard introduced the idea of a year-long roadmap, 2023, and boy, for the most part, they stuck right to it, and that gave us insight into what was coming throughout the year. Now on to year two, so 2024. And there's a lot in there. <laughs> I thought one quote at the end was really good of the announcement. We remain committed to delivering content in all flavors of World of Warcraft, so no matter how you play... You won't have to look far ahead to know something is right around the corner for you. At this moment, if I pull up my Battle.net browser and I click into World of Warcraft, I have five ways to play this game. There's the Dragonflight retail flagship product, I would say. And then no less than three four, sorry, four different flavors of classic, and by the summertime, maybe even a fifth one. So you have classic, classic, like old school vanilla classic. 
To that, they have added a couple flavors, the classic hardcore mode, of course, where there's no dying. In addition to that, actually, part of the uh, part of the update is in the spring, you're going to have hardcore self-found mode. No relying on anybody else, no buying from the auction house, no trading, no funneling stuff from your alts. Self-found mode is you and you alone and still not dying. So hardcore mode getting a, an additional feature there in the roadmap. Then, of course, we have Season of Discovery, which has been hugely popular. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Classic Wrath of the Lich King. And also on the roadmap, Classic Cataclysm, complete with a pre-launch event coming in the spring. So not just here's the new, uh, the new classic flavor. They're going to have a pre-launch event to kick things off. So by the summertime, if Classic Wrath sticks around, and I don't know if it will, you could have up to six, even seven modes of World of Warcraft if you include the two hardcore modes. That's a lot of ways to play this game. That kind of feels like something for everyone, all for one subscription. I think as much as people want to complain about how much that sub costs, it's hard to argue that it it is a lot more value now than it was two, three, four, five years ago. So looking at that roadmap, coming in winter of 2024, Patch 10.2.5, the Seeds of Renewal. We've been talking about that. I assume that is in January. I think we know that's in January. I'm not positive of that. Uh, lots of good stuff coming with this patch. Dragon Isle stories are going to kind of wrap up with the epilogues. But if you're talking about solo things, things that affect solo players, there are a couple right in this patch. Of course, the first one, the big one, is Follower Dungeons. We're going to get to... I'm going to talk about that a little later in the show. I went through some Follower Dungeons. The Reclamation of Gilneas. We're heading back to Gilneas, as I mentioned. That's going to be exciting solo content. Dragon Riding is going to spread worldwide. Azerothian Archives are coming. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as well in another part of the news. Uh, as well as those of you who are loving the dragon riding, uh, the Outland Cup. So taking your dragon riding to Outland, getting all the uh, all the races, getting those done. All of that is coming in winter time. Then this caused a stir all over the internet. Patch 10.2.6, the second of three Dragonflight content updates coming. 10.2.6 also listed as winter. And mysteriously, the only thing there is essentially the skull and crossbones of a pirate flag. All sorts of speculation, right? Are we getting the pirates versus ninjas expansion, the pirates expansion, the boat expansion? What's going on? What is this patch? Lots of guesses. Nobody knows. Isn't it nice to have some, uh, some fun in the world where we haven't data mined the crap out of it yet and don't know everything about it so stay tuned in early spring the war within expansion 11 well 10th expansion 11.0 the alpha is going to hit so if you're in the alpha 
you've pre-ordered or whatever you get to get into the alpha that is coming also in spring dragonflight season four which you know for the solo player uh maybe not a lot there other than you know new raids new pvp season new mythic plus season if you're into those things but new open world rewards and i don't know a lot about that so that's going to be a thing we're going to be watching later in spring the final patch will hit 10.2.7 entitled dark heart time running what is time running we don't know what that is harbinger quests uh so a lot of mystery coming later in the spring it's going to be an exciting spring for all the people worrying that, oh, 2024, the big content drought coming. Well, it looks like Blizzard is going to drop some stuff in on us every now and then to keep us busy, keep us coming back. Also, you could read that as getting more for your subscription value. In addition, in 10.2.7, Troll and Draenei Heritage Armor are coming almost at the end of heritage armor by my count after that only pandaren and drakthir will be left to get so we're getting close if you go on the wow forums you just pick your race of choice and look out how many times people have posted blank race heritage armor when well we're getting close i think this has been a hugely successful part of the game if you are big on a certain race uh, you're chasing those down, most likely. If you like the flavor of it, obviously, you know, it's it's uh, it's style, it's whatever. It may not be for everybody, but it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of all of this, they just find new ways to uh, kind of iterate on that heritage armor idea. Maybe it's a, just a second round with other flavors. Maybe it's in some different directions. Who knows? But I think that's been a great great part of the game as a solo player i have tracked down almost every one of them right at this moment all i have is the undead heritage armor left to get soon uh, i've got my undead uh, mage up to level 50 so now eligible thank you uh, anniversary event so that'll be coming soon and then i'll be eagerly awaiting the troll and draenei Early summer, the beta hits for The War Within, and this might be the biggest surprise of all, but summer, patch 11.0.1, the War Within pre-patch is slated to kick off. With that, we will be getting Warbands, the big promised feature about uniting all of your characters, all your alts, working together, sharing things, that's going to be very exciting. But I don't think anyone saw Summer coming. If you had your, your uh, bingo card or whatever, Summer 2024 was probably not your first pick. You know, when Blizzard says, oh, this will ship by December 30th, 2024. I didn't have Summer in mind, so that's very exciting. We will be playing inside of the 11.0 world before September, essentially before the uh, the end of September. Later in the summer, War Within launches, so the launch itself will again be before the end of September, before we kick into fall, according to this roadmap. That's when we'll get, obviously, the campaign story. We will get the Delves, 
that last of the kind of the big three that I talked about last month, Delves, Follower Dungeons, Warbands, three big things for solo players. Along with that, the Earthen will show up, Hero Talents, and obviously all the good stuff that comes with the new expansion, new zones, new raids, new dungeons, all of that. And Autumn, after September 21st, sometime before December 21st, Patch 11.0.5, the first content update after launch for The War Within. So this is moving right along. I think the concerns about a content drought are a little overblown. So exciting news dropping this week. If you are trying to get excited about World of Warcraft, I think they're giving you reasons for that. What else is in the news? There was a community council interview... WoW Community Manager Kyvax led the Community Council's questions, kind of organized it. And boy, how smooth is that guy's voice? Kyvax. Man. Deep. Smooth. Silky. Unflappable. It was kind of a joy to listen to, just just to hear him manage the ship. Kyvax uh, entertained questions from the Community Council and directed them towards WoW Game Director Ian Hazakostas and... Senior developer Jeremy Fiesel. I think I have Jeremy's title right. If you search the internet, he's had many titles over many years. But Jeremy Fiesel and Ian answering questions, talking about the focus of this interview was the direction of solo play. Like, what is Blizzard going to be offering? What is WoW going to be offering for people who tend towards solo play? One quote from Ian that I thought was notable quote, there are a ton of folks who just want to spend their time in Azeroth exploring on their own, but still have meaningful goals to pursue. You mentioned that the efforts to provide solo play have been chaotic and haphazard in the past, and they are working to make it more regular to keep up with the new emphasis on patch cadence and content releases. So, you know, right from the roadmap, we're getting details of upcoming stuff we are getting timely drops of content and in line with that they're also trying to steer solo play in that direction another quote from ian solo experience needs to be refreshed more frequently to keep people engaged with new stuff to do i know the theme of this show today is is wow heading towards a golden era Boy, I think this interview helped solidify my my thoughts on that. They are pushing for more things for solo players to do. Let's get into a couple points uh, that I found interesting in the interview. Among the uh, community council members was True Villain Manny. He asked a question on how they decide the direction for content. Like, how do they how do they target different groups? How do they spread that out? The answer is that they try to vary things. They try and spread things out to different groups. They try and offer complex things and then offer more simple things. And they're looking for breadth. That's that's the goal. Ian says they try to combine subjective feedback with their own numbers. So whoever is shouting the loudest on the internet, it's really easy to hear that and to know who who's angry about what but blizzard has the numbers of what 
types of things people are doing, how long they do it for. Is this thing popular for two weeks and then no one's there? Is it popular for longer? If a loud 2% majority are shouting about it on the internet, but the numbers say otherwise, well, they're trying to marry those things together. You mentioned the idea of silent majority. Often, outdoor content does not get that same loud response on the forums or what have you. And yet, people are out there doing it. So they try and combine those the numbers with the public response. Obviously, you can't ignore what is loudly being said about your game in the, in the public spaces. But there is a reality out there. Another topic that has been coming up and they addressed a little bit was trying to make some changes to outdoor content, uh, some of that public group content that is in the outdoor world. It's not dungeons or raids, but for instance, the, the researchers under fire event in zero Lake caverns, there's a lot to do. Do. Maybe it's a little bit too long. Is it a little bit complex? Uh, I know they've been also talking about, again, in Zerolet Caverns, all the rares and what to do. Or I guess, how do those public events that are interesting when they're current, how do they age? How do they stay evergreen? Which was a big part of their push lately, both at BlizzCon and even in this interview, talking about evergreen content. How do you keep those things alive? If those rares are spawning and they need a group, it's pretty empty in Zerolet Caverns. Uh, it's hard to find a group. I've struggled to find groups to go farm some of those things. How do you do that? And so they're working towards, you know, allowing grouping up, allowing players to kind of shard hop and move around to find a group to do things with as populations get lower. So they're working on those things. Another interesting point was about archaeology. If you were a big fan of archaeology, I'm sorry, but it sounds like archaeology as we know it is dead. Uh, they did mention specifically the triangulation and digging minigame as we know and loved or ignored will not be coming back, at least not in that same way. And that, you know, archaeology is a great solo way to play the game. Uh, I've certainly heard plenty of people who kind of wander around, level that way while checking out some Netflix or what have you. It's a pretty low impact way to, to be in the world. They're not going to be issuing future versions of that, and we haven't seen it for a little while. They're not sure of what direction they are going to take archaeology. But in the meantime, in 2.5 uh, 2 patch coming in January, the Azerothian archives are going to be a way to at least get a little bit of your fix for archaeology. I can't wait to find out what those are. I'm not digging into any PTRs or doing any of that, so we'll re report on that in January when the patch launches. Briefly, I'll mention another point they made about raid sizes. It was a question about raid sizes, how originally, you know, the 10 versus 25 man and eventually trimmed down to 20 and, and a question about the reward structure. And, and the interesting part I found was Ian talked about delves capping out at heroic loot. And they brought up an interesting reasoning. 
if you make delves or something similar to delves, uh, for instance, if you made follower dungeons a higher level, uh, follower dungeons are going to be capped off at normal. It's going to be a normal dungeon level. Delves are going to offer heroic loot. If you made those types of solo content offer bigger rewards, Blizzard is worried that that would be the correct way to do that. If you offer something that takes out the social aspect of the game, it becomes the path of least resistance. So you log into the game, you're like, wow, I really want to get some mythical loot. I can do it by doing something with 20 or 30 other people, or I could do it alone. Boy, howdy, most people are going to steer themselves toward that path of least resistance. And from a Blizzard point of view, this is sort of the implied part of that, is that's not the way we want people to play the game. We want to preserve that social aspect. And I found that very interesting. And I agree that in some ways, that social structure is the precious heart of World of Warcraft. That grouping up five people for Mythic Pluses in other dungeons, 20, 30, even 40 people in the past, of course, getting together to plow through a raid, to get through these long extended situations, that has been the heart and soul of it. But what I heard in this, in the response, was almost a little bit of desperation. And it kind of feels like the way the video game world is, is moving is definitely away from large organization, large organized groups, and quicker and more solo. I mean, think of how many games are on people's phones and, and what people do to play video game entertainment. And a lot more of that tends to be solo, or if it is groups, it's much smaller, much quicker. Jumping into a Hearthstone match or a Fortnite match or even, you know, WoW PvP, those things tend to be a short time frame, not three-hour raid sessions two or three nights a week. And it almost sounded like Blizzard was trying to protect those as the idea of solo play, solo experience were threatening that precious heart of, of Warcraft. I thought that was interesting. I, I feel like us as solo players may be the thing that is attacking you know, that precious baby of, of WoW, that raid and, and dungeon experience. And that's not to say that it would just disappear. But, yeah. And, and again, I've said this last month, I don't feel that me running around alone, I should get all of the things and all of the mythic gear and all the highest level stuff. But it really does sound like uh, Blizzard is worried about that. So they are going to keep things at least... Uh, reward-wise, a lot lower than that organized group content. So those were some of the big points I took away from the community council. Thought that was a pretty interesting uh, interview. A couple of the little things in the news, uh, the PTR development notes keep mentioning that Bel Ameth, the new Night Elf capital, is filling up with Night Elves, with citizens. The Night Elves are coming to their new capital. That, of course, is going to be part of the content for the next patch. So 
I have not gone to look at it. I love the Night Elf experience. My main is a Night Elf, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's become, seeing how they've integrated the Horde into this. That's, you know, I've heard snippets of people being grumpy about the Horde being let in after burning down Teldrassil, of course. I am content in letting the story play out. I don't need to prejudge it or yell about it. I'm looking forward to it and seeing how they handle this. Sounds like we're getting it in January, which is really exciting. And that means that we are going to get the big feature, I, for me, I think the big feature in 10.2.5, other than new content, is follower dungeons. And that brings us to our side quest for this month. This week, I had a chance to dive into the PTR. It was a little rough. I kept trying to get in and the world server was down or I'd get in and it would crash. It was super unstable. And this is my first real experience with the PTR, so I don't know if that's common, but it was not... I was worried I was not going to get a chance to test this before before recording this episode, but I did. I finally got in, and here are my thoughts. Now, I think I mentioned last month, in last month's episode, that I do not get into many dungeons. I do not get into many raids. I don't actually know if I've ever been in a current content raid, maybe a couple times in Legion. But I don't even get into many dungeons because I don't like grouping with people. I don't enjoy the social anxiety. I don't enjoy the expectation that I've done all of the homework and I'm ready to go and I know all the routes. And, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read news about the game. I hear stories about the game. And nothing that comes out of the game makes me think that that is any better since Legion, the last time I kind of did more than a few dungeons in current content. And my experience wasn't great. People weren't nice. Uh, I don't want to be learning with other people. It's not the way I want to do it. So follower dungeons have been super intriguing. And here's, here's how it went. So I popped open the queue, something I rarely do in World of Warcraft. I I don't even know how often I hit the H button. That's not one of my regular buttons. But I hit that H button, hopped in, and then somehow the entire game disconnected. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a bad start. Clearly the clearly uh, the gods of Atheroth don't want me to play dungeons. But I tried, tried again, eventually got in. Once I logged in, I was able to hop into that queue again for the Noku Defensive. I figured I'd try that. That is one of the dungeons that I need to do for Renown, for the Renown track, the Renown campaign. So I thought, okay, this is my first crack, my first sight of the Noku Defensive. I've done no research, I've done no nothing, and let's see how it goes. I am transported, obviously, into the dungeon and immediately standing with four expedition escorts. Right off the bat, I get a, a buff from Krenna, Earth Daughter, the Tauren Druid in the group. 
There is Meredy Huntswell, a dwarf fire mage who immediately puts out a food table so I can get nourished up. In addition, there is shaman Shuja Grimax, and you might remember her from being the horde leader from the Exile's Reach. If you've leveled through Exile's Reach on the horde side, she is the leader of that group. She's their standing guard. And Captain Garrick serves as the tank. She is a paladin, and Alliance players will know her as being the leader from Exile's Reach. And if you, you know, maybe you hadn't been in Exile's Reach, but the two of them are both in the landing zone for Dragonflight. When you first start out, they are both in that little camp. And if you did all the quests, you had a quest to either Horde or Alliance to run from one to the other and do a few things on the other side to, you know, Blizzard letting us know that Horde and Alliance are not here to fight necessarily in this, uh, in this part of the world. All of them, all the uh, expedition escorts, took turns reminding me of what to do first, where to go. Hey, we should go do this. We should fly over here. So offering me some helpful hints. And it was great to just kind of, okay, let's pick a boss. We headed over, flew over to the first boss. And there I was, running around, figuring things out. I remember at some point I was attacking something as a feral druid. And all of a sudden I'm being healed. And I thought, wait, I didn't hit my heal button. I was like, oh, yeah, I have healers. There are people healing me. I forget that that's a thing playing mostly solo. It was fantastic to just have no pressure, to have no time commitment. Uh, I literally stopped at some point in the dungeon, went and made some lunch, came back. My four expedition escorts were still there, kind of tapping their fingers, but like, okay, yep. The mage said, I put out the food table. What are you doing? Making mac and cheese. (laughs) Seriously. But they didn't complain. They didn't call me names. We picked it up. Uh, I died on the first boss. I started out with Granith. And, you know, we hit the trash and got over. He finally swooped in and got in there. And all of a sudden, stuff is happening. Things are blowing up and I am dying. That was it. I was dead <laughs> on the first ball. Um, I rezzed wherever the res point was. All four expedition members show up with me. So, okay, good. We, uh, we fly back out. Head to Granith again. Another death. Okay. Clearly, this is a mechanic that I need to learn. There's something going on. So I open up the adventurer's guide. I check out the dungeon description, the boss, and... It lists some stuff. It's kind of helpful, but after looking, I'm really not sure what to do. I thought, well, okay, we've done some research. I'll try it again. After the third death, I was like, okay, enough. <laughs> let's let's switch bosses. Of course, this is a, a dungeon that is pretty f- freeform. You can go in different directions. So went to a new boss. We flew over to the Raging Tempest area, tackled that boss next. And this is really interesting because there is a button in Follower Dungeons that lets you either take the lead as the leader of the group, not necessarily the tank, but you decide direction, you decide who to pull, when to pull, stuff like that. 
or the other option is letting the tank guide. So letting the paladin go from place to place and pull the packs at kind of their own pace. But here's what I liked. When the paladin was in charge, when I said, yep, go ahead, you can lead, because I don't know what the heck I'm doing, which is very obvious. After pulling a pack, the group pauses, heals, you know, the healer kind of tops people off, and the tank will then head in a certain direction. Like, okay, we're going to go this way, we're going to go get those mobs. If, and in this case, this happened a lot because this dungeon's pretty spread out, if the next mob is more than 30 yards away, the tank won't just run there. He will pause, or she will pause, the tank will pause and sort of wait for you to move in that direction. And then within about 30 yards or so, the tank will then start the attack. We'll pull that next mob or that next group of mobs. So if you finish combat and the next pack is, is within that, that area, the tank will automatically go from one to the other. But if that has you worried, if you're worried about, oh man, I, I, need, to, I need to slow things down, you just click that button and take over the, you know, click the I'm in charge button again and the group will stay close to you. So even if they're close, obviously if they're in aggro range, you're going to have to do something about that. But otherwise, the, the, the tank will stay close to you group will stay close to you and they move on your command and when you attack something or pull something then the tank will jump in and and tank but isn't doing the deciding so that that button is is great it allows me to move at my pace and move at my direction or if i want to sit back and say yep take me where we need to go uh the ai was pretty smart we dodged packs that we didn't need uh, moved around packs that weren't important and headed towards more important areas. So I was I was very I was happy with that. We were successful. We got Raging Tempest down first attempt. Not a big deal. I tried to fly to a third area, as you can fly in the Nuku Defensive Dungeon. You can't fly into the Balakar Khan area boss area. At least not until the third boss is cleared. So I got er- unceremoniously dumped off my riding mount, luckily did not die, but landed on the ground and wondered why why I couldn't get into the area, despite the fact that the tank had run in and started engaging <laughs> engaging with something in there. But I figured it out, like, okay, this is the final boss. I clearly have to go back to that first boss that I hadn't, uh, hadn't killed yet. So I did pause. I checked out Wowhead. I figured out the mechanic. There was something in the mechanic that the AI crew was not going to do. So I did have to learn to figure something out. In this case, it was you've got uh, every 20, whatever, seven seconds or something, the boss is going to cast this thing that's going to kill you if you don't do something about it. And the something is go up and shoot the harpoon at it. And that stops the cast and stops the, the dying. And sure, once I looked it up, I was able to hop in there. We headed into Granith and in one shot, second time around, no problem. Uh, Figured out the mechanic, did the thing. And just like that, uh, we headed off to the final boss. And again, no big, uh, 
you know, no big things to learn. So we got in there, did lots of damage and boom, boss is dead. And just like that, I've completed my first Dragonflight dungeon. Kind of wish, you know, my character got credit for it in the real world, but that's fine. Uh, this was a great preview of what's to come. And luckily coming like pretty soon, a couple weeks in January. So I realized, you know, something that I kind of already knew that I am not great at dungeons, but the big difference is that in the follower dungeons, there's no pressure. This is, this is not an aspect of the game that I want to devote a lot of time to. I don't want to study or prep or go through the motions on every single boss. Um, as much as I love listening to other people do strategy guides or whatever, I, it's not how I learn. It's not how I take in information. Now I can just sit down, do it at my own pace. If I get through it without having to do research, great. If I get stuck on a boss, sure, I can stop, go do the research. I'm not letting anybody down. No one's getting grumpy with me and kicking me from a group or calling me names because I don't know what's going on. There's really no risk and no downside except for the repair bills, which is fine. I would rather pay repair bills in gold than spend countless hours doing research on raid bosses and dungeon bosses. So it allows me to continue playing as a solo player the way I want to do. And let's be honest, it allows me to see the content that Blizzard has already created and I've already paid for that I don't get to see for a year, two, three, whatever years till I get into some of this. So I think this is going to be a huge boon to the solo player. I think this is going to be a fantastic addition for those of you who don't love getting into uh, social groups, especially with unknown people. Uh, that's the thing. If I had friends that played like IRL friends that were playing, that might be different, but I don't. And I'm not finding those people. And so that's not really an option. Yeah, I don't want to go make internet friends. It's not something that works well with my personality or my brain or my <laughs> whatever. But this is also a benefit to other people because if you're someone who you don't maybe mind jumping into random groups, but you still don't want to do it without any confidence, this is a great way to learn the dungeons. You can get in there and learn the tools, learn the, uh, you know, learn the mechanics, learn what you got to do, and then take that confidence into LFR. Well, not for dungeons, but um, into, you know, whatever grouping that you're doing. So this is a, this is going to be a game changer. I, I thought it might be when they announced it, having played through it. I really do think this is fantastic. And I'll say this again, and I'll say it until they start doing it. This needs to come raids as well. There has to be a way for me to follower raid, hop into something to see that content, to practice a few things, to learn some things. That would be fantastic. Now, 
I don't know if you noticed, but this whole time we've been progressing from Eversong Woods into the Ghostlands and have arrived at the small town of Tranquillion. We're here to get a drink. Interesting a pint. Choose wisely. There's not much for sale at the little inn here in Tranquillion, kind of like last month. So, so I was thinking ahead and I stopped by Vinemaster Suntouched in Silvermoon City Inn and made sure to pick up some Suntouched Special Reserve. Now, normally can't get that unless you're on that quest, the party never ends. You're grabbing quest items for that special party that's going on, but I've got some connections in Silvermoon, so I grabbed some Suntouched Special Reserve for our drink of the month, and we are going to enjoy it in the sparse surroundings of Tranquillion as I tell you about how my last month went in Warcraft. And what have you done lately? This month certainly was exciting. We got into the Emerald Dream. I have been boosting my gear, getting my my main, my Night Elf Feral Druid up to 441s. Not bad. The other big project in retail this month was, of course, the 19th anniversary celebration. The experience boost. The experience boost. Caverns of Time trivia. I managed to gain 52 levels over various characters, leveling. Most of them were from 50 to 60. Uh, another one was just getting up to 50, my undead mage, so that we can get that undead heritage armor soon. But in the Caverns of Time, I had 25 characters, if I remember right. And they earned a total of 146 levels. That is a new record for me. 146 levels of experience. Many of them going from 10 to 17. A handful of them going from 17, where they arrived from the 18th anniversary, up to 24, 22. I forget where exactly, but we moved a lot of people forward. And... 20 years next year 20% bonus with trivia questions I can't wait so thank you to the 19th anniversary that was fantastic and normally telling you everything I did in retail would be the monthly recap but not this month after all the leveling was done after the anniversary was done I did something a little different Something interesting happened, I have to say, earlier in the month. Something I didn't plan on happening. I have sort of said that my life is really busy and I don't have time to explore every aspect of World of Warcraft. All of those five flavors that are currently in operation right now. So, I'm going to focus on retail, I'm going to cheer on people enjoying classic and enjoying season of discovery and all the things going on. That sounds great, but I'm, I'm going to stick to retail and stay focused. If I'm going to do a podcast, darn it, add that to my very sparse extra time, spare time. Well, then I just have to focus on just retail. Yeah, that didn't really last. A 
favorite podcaster of mine said something and I crumbled. He said, Season Discovery, super exciting. You have to try this. Now, he wasn't talking to me. I was listening to his podcast, but when that voice of reason said that, I thought, oh, okay, all right. I will make a character. I will hop in. I will see what this is about. I'll see what these runes are about. Get in there. Play a little bit, whatever, and I'll come back to retail. I have... I have a handful of characters in Classic from the start of Classic, and, you know, most of them are somewhere between levels 2 and 14. None of them got super far... But I hopped in, created a, a dwarf hunter, and all of a sudden I was back in Dunmoreau doing some pretty simple quests, leveling, training, and getting my upgrades and my new spells and my ranks of spells, running around, not riding, and somehow, you know, they say you can't go back again, but maybe it's just because I have a really bad memory, but I was transported. I was taken back. The world was so big and so exciting, and it slowed down. It was simpler. And there I was. I was enjoying Season of Discovery. I was tracking down a couple runes. I was really just enjoying the experience. It wasn't about the runes. It wasn't about... The upgrades, it was being taken back in a, in a different way into that classic experience, and I really enjoyed it. Before you know it, I was making a second Season of Discovery character, enjoying the Night Elf starting zone. Again, not, not super intent on leveling and getting to 25 and, and going crazy, but just enjoying the simplicity when it came time to plan this episode of Solo Q, I had decided I would use the Blood Elf music and Silver Moon City kind of as the scene. And as I was thinking about connecting it to that Blood Elf starting zone, I realized I, I, you know, I should, uh, I should get into classic. And go make a new Blood Elf character. So I hopped into Wrath Classic and sure enough, created a Blood Elf Hunter. Relived that experience of collecting those collars and taking out those mana worms and learning the spells. And at some point I realized I was just wrong about Classic. I thought, oh, I don't want to go back. I don't want to grind. I don't want to split my time. Nope. This was fun. But I did give myself permission to pause retail. Like, I, I took about a week off. I didn't worry about my super blooms. I didn't try and keep up with the rat race of whatever. And I decided, nope, I'm still going to spend time in Warcraft. I'm just going to measure it. And I'm going to spread it out and enjoy all of it. And I have loved season of discovery the little bit that i've done i have enjoyed now again jumping into some classic and it's just a different way 
to explore the game. So if you haven't, if you haven't done it yet, maybe give it a try. Because if you're a solo player and you just want to kind of get in and have a different experience, th this was well worth it. That was the big discovery for me this month. Not the not the cool stuff about retail and the Emerald Dream. It really was kind of rediscovering some of the old stuff. Some of the stuff that people have been rediscovering now for four years in Classic. So that was a lot of fun. That was my month. On to our question of the month. You sure got a lot of questions. I think the children in some of... Azeroth's races have some of the funniest voice lines. Kill me every time. Question of the month last month was what has you excited about the future of Warcraft? All the announcements and all the stuff going on, what what uh, what are you excited about? And frankly, the, the question of the month is going to lead into our main topic, the idea of a golden age. So I, I posed the question on the podcast... Unsurprisingly, for an episode one, I didn't hear a lot back. So I did pose the question out into the world and the forums and some Facebook stuff to see what people were thinking. I posed the question to one of the Facebook communities that's about solo players and about what has them excited. And they, you know, were appropriately excited for delves and follower dungeons and the ability to farm old Mog and, and rep, sharing rep across alts. All of that is really exciting. Uh, some people mentioned something I totally forgot was happening. The addition of a PvE slot in the Great Vault. So the Great Vault being a, a big chance every week to get higher level loot based on your participation in various systems in the previous week. I will tell you. I have never received a single thing from the Great Vault in any of the expansions. I think two now, Shadowlands was the start, if I remember right. But how would I know? Because I, I haven't done any endgame content or PvP that would yield me anything from the Great Vault. So I've literally never experienced the joy of getting something out of the Great Vault. Or what sounds much more common is the solemn devastation of getting garbage out of the Great Vault. I haven't had that experience either, so maybe it's a good thing. But, yeah, the PvE slot coming for doing various things in the open world, that's very exciting. And again, something for solo players to benefit in a way that was just not available to us before. And a lot of that was very predictable uh, from a, a group on Facebook that is, is centered on solo play. There was a fair amount of interest in the story and Titans and World Souls and everything to come. Some people were even already looking past the War Within to the Midnight expansion. Man, I cannot think that far ahead in life. But, hey, for the first time, Blizzard has put us on a path to know what the next three expansions are. So I guess that's natural. People are already looking to their whatever's going to be their jam. Now, when I posted this to the WoW forums, same question, what are you excited about? What are you, you know, what's what's got you excited? Tried to keep this question very positive because, darn it, I just want to be positive about this game. Um, there was some of the same enthusiasm for those big three features of Delves, Follower, Dungeons, and Warbands. But this is a wider audience than just 
that Facebook group of mostly solo players, there was a distinct and notable theme among those posting into the WoW forums. And that was, we'll see. So if I take out the obvious trashing on Blizzard of people who just want to be angry and yelly, which is, you know, fairly persistent, uh, there was still a strong undertone of, yeah, it sounds interesting in the hype phase, but what's it actually going to look like in the game? Well, how is this really going to go? You know, people brought up the, oh, Garrison sounded like an amazing version of player housing, but garrisons are largely seen as a failure of execution. Like They just didn't come out the way people thought they were were going to. Maybe that's on them, but there was a common theme. The execution, Blizzard's ability to execute. Torghast was great solo content, in some people's opinion, until it became the only way to play the game in Shadowlands. You had to get your gear that way. You had to get your your legendary memories. And if you play it too much, it was found out that it was kind of samey and maybe not as as good as it was billed. Blizzard is great at hype. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of people out there think they also have a history of poor implementation or not meeting those expectations. So a lot of people had a wait and see attitude there were some that mentioned they were not pre-ordering because of that lack of faith of whether Blizzard can meet its own hype. One post mentioned that they were pre-ordering, but they weren't excited about it. I thought that's interesting. In fact, that same poster even said they were ready to take another two to three year break from the game if the war within does not live up to expectations. Note the word another. <laughs> That is not the kind of player I am. Uh, having already taken a two to three year break because you were grumpy and still coming back to the game, that's interesting. But I do understand. Like, it's not uncommon in the WoW player base, a game that's 19 years old, to take time away, to, to not pay that sub. I understand there's a lot of money. So there's a big disconnect between the hype of BlizzCon the excitement of a Chris Metzen expansion announcement and the realities of people paying $15 a month, 12 times a year, after paying for an expansion that costs a minimum of $50, up to $90 if you want all the bells and whistles. You know, that works out at a minimum of about 400 bucks for two years, you know, for the life of an expansion. And I totally understand people voting with their wallets and being reserved when it comes to that sort of money. But me, personally, I'm going to continue my six-month sub. Actually, I think I opted for the one-year sub. It's 13 bucks a month. It's a little cheaper. That's not, that's not nothing. And I'm going to continue to think positive about the game and about these features. Unlike a lot of people, I don't bounce off to other games. I guess I am a ride or die with Warcraft, as the kids say. All my eggs are kind of in the blizzard basket, so maybe that means my optimism is a little more hope than optimism. But despite the, you know, tepid 
and measured responses to my question about what has you excited. I think people are are excited to see if those features, these solo features, are going to pan out. I have faith that they're going to, and, and having tested that first one, the follower dungeons, so far, my faith is rewarded. You know, it's early, early days, I, I know that, but yeah. So, question of the month. Our new question next year, next year, our new question for next month is... What should I do with my level 70 boost that comes from the War Within when I go ahead and pre-order it? I haven't done it yet, but I will. Just trying to get through Christmas spending and all that. But what am I going to spend that on? What am I going to use my boost? What are you using your boost on? Are you taking some dusty, low-level character that you've forgotten and just rocketing them up? Are you jumping somebody from 60 to 70 to skip some leveling? What are you going to do? One of my thoughts, I don't know. Am I going to wait for an earthen to arrive with the new expansion and boost them? I don't know. I think I usually like leveling new races. I don't want to skip anything on a new race. I want to kind of do all the stuff. So what are you doing with your boost? That's the question of the month. What are you going to do with your boost that comes with the new expansion? Let me know. Let me know at all of those socials. Solo Q Wow. S O L O Q U E U E W O W. And that is at Gmail or Instagram or Facebook or threads, maybe Twitter, even Blue Sky. Again, Blue Sky, Tumbleweeds. Not a lot going on there, but I have an account there, so you'll find me there. That is our question of the month. I look forward to hearing from you. And in January, we'll talk about boosts and what I'm going to do and what you're going to do. Oh, the music has changed. I don't think we're in Tranquillion anymore. It seems Great Father Winter has finally found us. And yes, it is Wintervale. So hey, happy Wintervale, everyone, as we head into our final topic, our main topic for the month. And that is returning to that idea of golden ages. And really, is WoW in a golden age? Are we at or, or are we in or are we near a golden age? Is this as good as it gets? As a history teacher, I teach a couple golden ages in my ancient history classes to uh, high school kids. And yeah, we look for moments in history where, yeah, it's not perfect. They never are. And I think that's important for people to understand that in those golden ages, there were imperfections in any version of Blizzard's game. There are imperfections. There are people yelling and screaming on the forums. And that's always going to be there. But... I don't know. Let's look at this. How many playable versions of the game are there? As I mentioned earlier, there's at least five right now, and there may be as many as six or seven coming in this roadmap for 2024. If you want to play a certain way, there's a good bet that it's out there available in your current monthly subscription. You don't have to pay extra. 
you have five or six times the, the game versions as you used to for the same amount of money. That's amazing. I know that there are still private servers out there and people still saying, yeah, but I want four times XP and I want this and unlimited gold. And sure, I'm sure that exists, but they've got to be feeling the pinch. If you can pay your monthly sub and get all of these opportunities, yeah. I have one friend who recently was playing Season of Discovery on one monitor and retail on another at the same time, just working on two things at once. I don't know how you do it, but he was doing that. It, this game has stuff for everybody. I think we're at a turning point. And I really do think we're, we're in this early days of, of a golden age for World of Warcraft. You have the past, the present, and the future all coexisting at once. At one single time, we have at our, at our fingertips the present version, the retail version of Warcraft, of course. We have the past and the future as well. We are living in a good expansion right now. By most opinions, Dragonflight has been solid. Maybe the numbers haven't been what people hoped would come back. Maybe not. That's hard to tell. Blizzard doesn't tell us all of that. And sure, Dragonflight has had its issues and people have taken issue with certain parts of the game. But by a lot of measures, Dragonflight has been solid, if not darn good. We are in the middle of a, of a good content update that has given us access to the Emerald Dream, a long-awaited aspect of Azeroth. We've been waiting to get there. And yes, it might not be as expansive as some hope. It might be a little bit more limited. So again, not perfect. But if you're a Night Elf fan, a Druid fan, there's a lot of Mog. There was an exciting Race to World First that had people on the edges of their seats. There's a raid that people seem to be digging. It sounds like the tuning of that raid is good. It's not too hard. It's pretty accessible. Dragonflight has a lot of good stuff going on. And despite the fact that we have hit the final raid, a couple things. You have another season. It's not season of discovery. It is the, the wacky raid season that the name of that is currently not on my not on the tip of my tongue, but where they mix up the raids and do some stuff, that is coming in Season 4. And it's going to be a short drought from the so-called end of Dragonflight to the start of The War Within. And on top of those two things, we still have three more patches of content. S some of it limited, no doubt, but we're still getting some story follow-ups and some unrelated things. The Gilneas campaign is going to be exciting. So there's a lot going on in WoW's present. For the past, that's easy. We have access to four versions of Classic right now with Classic Classic, with Wrath of the Lich King Classic, Seasons of Discovery going on right now. And, you know, Season of Discovery, I didn't mention this before, but in the roadmap, Season of Discovery has numerous entries on the classic roadmap 
They're going to pause at level 40. They're going to pause at level 50. They're going to pause at level 60. And even after 60, they're going to add more content updates at the end of the year. So Season of Discovery is a year-long thing. It's going to go all through 2024. We're going to be catching up in chapters all throughout the year. So that, for someone like me who's going to dip a toe in every now and then... I can do that and not feel like I have to grind hard, hard just to stay caught up because we're going to pause. That's fantastic. We also have hardcore. We have hardcore mode, two modes coming in hardcore. So there really is something for everyone. If you've yearned for any of the old glory days, most of them are out there waiting for you. And And a lot of them have improvements. You know, a lot of the updates of the game, quality of life things, uh, but that old version is there. And then I mentioned the future. We have the future of World of Warcraft in a way we never have before. Blizzard has given us the roadmap, unlike anything we've seen before. You know, last year we got a roadmap and that was exciting. This year, between the 2024 roadmap and the triple expansion announcement, we know more about the future of Warcraft than we've ever known at any other point in time. We know the story is moving in a specific direction. Seems like it's going in a direction of closure that a lot of people seem excited about. Chris Metzen himself said, we're going to end this saga. We're ending this this chapter. This, this part of the story is coming to a close but we are going to keep making this game for another 20 years or what have you. So we have a roadmap that gets us almost to 2030, depending on how it all plays out. But then there's more. They have, as I said, another 20 years or or so, uh, inferring from what they said at BlizzCon. So yeah, this chapter's closing, but something else is coming. And we can all debate for years, is it WoW 2? Is it something different? Is it in the same engine, but progressing? We don't even need to argue about that. It'll come. But they're planning for the future. And to really tilt things over the edge, a mixing of timelines that the Bronze Dragonflight would be proud of, we can be excited about the future of the past. Love it or hate it, Cataclysm Classic is coming. And I say, love it or hate it, because you can be excited if you love it, and if you want to revisit the Cata era, or go for the first time, like me. I was not around for the launch of Cataclysm, and I'm excited that there's a pre-launch event. I look forward to seeing. I've heard tale of Deathwing swooping over a zone and insta-killing you. I guess that's a funny version of fanboying where you want to be insta-killed by a giant dragon, but it's going to be fantastic to experience that here in 2024. And if you hated Cataclysm and you don't care, you don't have to download it and install it. And you can just play any number of the other versions. Now, many feel that the so-called classic era of WoW ended with Wrath, and I can agree with that. That makes that makes sense. Cataclysm changed the world in a massive way. Vanilla and the first two expansions do fit in as their own era. 
Undoubtedly, the world changed with Deathwing, but so did the game as well. The systems, the tech, the Kata world really does look familiar to players like me. And, you know, retail 10.2.5 that comes out in a month has more in common with the Cataclysm world than the vanilla world, there's no doubt. But so much of the argument over classic and what it means to be classic is just so silly to me. I think people get hung up on the words. Clearly, we do not have enough words like classic to describe the various iterations of the game. Classic era can be a portion of the timeline of Azeroth. When Blizzard tacks the word classic on to the end of an expansion name, it means revisiting some form of that expansion again. I kind of wish they had a, just a different name, that they weren't calling everything classic. Because it's not. It's just revisited. Time walking would be great, but we already use that, that term in retail. I don't know, something like reforged? No, maybe that's no good. Maybe immortal? No, that's no good either. Maybe Titan? No, now I'm just trolling dead Blizzard games. Heroes of the Storm? No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop doing that. I think they need a different name from Classic, because it's very clear to me that they are intent on taking old expansions, spiffing them up a bit, adding a little bit of the modern quality of life, and trotting them out for people to play every year, two years, what have you. And I have no problem with that. I got to imagine each one of them from Cataclysm on gets easier for them to prepare. Infinitely easier than the famous labor of resurrecting vanilla and tracking down the code and doing all of that work. That was fascinating, but let's be honest, it's a lot easier to track down Cataclysm code or... Miss Pandaria code or whatever else they have in the pipeline. So why not? Why not just put in the time, spiff it up, put it out? There's always going to be players who want to revisit every single era of the game, even Shadowlands. You can believe it. And the way Blizzard's going about it, they're not taking away other opportunities. If Blizzard continues to preserve choices of modes to play, if you have this absolute banquet of versions of WoW to play, why not? What do you care if they put up the expansion you hated, revisited? Don't play. That's fine. I know you can never satisfy 100% of the player base 100% of the time, but 100% of the player base is not listening right now. I have proof of that. <laughs> After one episode... 100% of the player base is not listening. So I'm hoping people can get more positive about this. I'm hoping people, eventually Blizzard just offers something for just about every player. People can just get in and play and enjoy this world. That's what I would love. And maybe that's just my winter veil wish for a miracle. I'm hoping if the races of Azeroth and the two sides of Azeroth can start getting along, maybe the players in Azeroth can start getting along as well. And who knows, maybe all of it will be 
much easier with Bobby Kotick leaving the company. Maybe there is the thing 100% of us can agree on. So, here's to a new year. 2024 looks to be fantastic, and I, I think we are entering a fantastic era for the world of Warcraft. Okay. Once again, it looks like our time in the solo queue is up for this month. I need to head back to Falcon Wing Square and start cleaning up Eversong Wood in Classic. Who knew? I want to thank everyone who made this episode possible, including my still very supportive wife. I want to thank the good folks at Podbean who host Solo Q. And I want to thank all the listeners, the actual listeners on various platforms. There are numbers where there used to be zeros. So if you are out there and you listen to that first show, man alive, it felt really nice to see people get to the end of an episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll listen again. And man, thank you for that support. Subscribe to the podcast. Click that subscribe button. I'm going to show up on most of your podcast feeds of choice, Apple, Spotify. I am up on YouTube now. Many others. Do click the subscribe button. It's a monthly show. It's easy to forget that I'm out there. And won't that be a nice winter veil surprise? Well, I guess if you listen this time, it'll be a nice January surprise when we come back. And if you want to support the show, even in a small way, I am at SoloQWow at Patreon. Stop in, throw a buck or two. That'd be fantastic. And my heart would go out to you. All the music and sounds you hear inside the show are the work of the amazing people at Blizzard. Hashtag, don't play WoW muted. Come on. The intro and outro music are courtesy of my real friends in the doom metal band Ogre. For a taste, head to YouTube and search Ogre, Plague of the Planet for their killer third album of that same name. You will not be disappointed you're a metal fan you'll get it you can contact me at soloqwow at gmail.com s-o-l-o-q-u-e-u-e-w-o-w with questions feedback or stories of your own solo wow experiences i want to feature your stories and your tips if you have advice for other solo players let me know them you can also find me at soloqwow on twitter facebook instagram threads all of those places Maybe even Blue Sky. Who knows? And that's it for December. That's it for 2023. That's it for episode two of the Solo Queue. I hope Great Father Winter is kind to you next week as you are opening your presents. Hopefully you have been a good adventurer. You don't get cold in that stocking. And who knows... Before I return to your listen next queue in your podcast app, maybe we'll be playing patch 10.2.5. It might already be here. We might already be enjoying it. Wouldn't that be great? If so, we can talk about it in January, the next time we hop into the solo queue. I'll see you out there. <laughs>